Hello Olympians, here's the read aloud from the Unteachables. I want us to finish this book together, so we're going to keep going. So each day there will be a read aloud. Um, you remember you can choose to listen to it each day, or you can go to the podcast and videos tab on the Google site list and listen to them when you want. Miss you guys. Take care. Here we go. Chapter 6, Matteo Hendrickson. When I get really bored, which is every day, I watch people. I know with characters from TV and movies. For example, my sister Lauren is like Venom from Spider-Man because she's evil and she spits poison. Well, not literally. But since I invented the classification system, I get to choose who's what. Just don't tell my mom because she's like Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. Smart and usually fair, but she can be nasty when someone ticks her off. Like me comparing Lauren to Spider-Man villains. It works for the kids at the school too. Parker is like Lightning McQueen because he's all, the only kid who drives. Barnstrom is Flash since he was such a great athlete before he wound up in crutches. Raheem is a little tricky, but I think for him, uh, I think of him as Birdman because he has really big ears and he can easily expand to wings if he gets bitten by a ra radioactive canary. Crazy, I know, but in comics, that kind of thing happens all the time. Anyways, I can always switch him to Sleeping Beauty. He's not that beautiful, but he is always sleeping. Elaine is a cross between Chewbacca from Star Wars and Lois Lane, who always rhymes with pain. I try not to get too close to her. She once picked a kid up by the belt and used his head to poke at a fluorescent light that was buzzing. Kiana is Blonde Phantom since they're both from California, even though Kiana's hair is closer to light brown. And although, that's easy. Dr. Bruce Banner, who turns into the Incredible Hulk when he gets mad. As for me, I'm part Hobbit and part Volcom. Bilbo and Spock. Big logic in a small package. That leaves our teacher, Mr. Kermit. He's tough to characterize. I'm, learn I'm leaning towards Squidward, uh, because when he comes to class in the morning, he reminds me of Squidward coming to work at the Krusty Krab, bored and bummed out. And he treats us that way, the way Squidward treats his customers. He doesn't hate us exactly, but he definitely wishes we he was someplace else. He's even a little grumpier than Squidward because he doesn't have a hobby like playing the clarinet, unless you count crossword puzzles and consuming mass quantities of coffee. For someone who's supposed to be a teacher, he sure doesn't do much teaching. He mostly just hands out worksheets. The only time he talks is when somebody asks a question. That usually ends up being me. Mr. Kerbet, why is the magnetic poles reversed? With effort, the teacher tears his attention away from this password and he says, Excuse me? Every 250,000 years, Earth's magnetic poles reverse, I explain. I was wondering why that happens. Yes. But what does it have to do with, reluctantly, he glances from the New York Times to the worksheet on the desk beside it, using vocabulary words in a sentence. I want to do a sentence on Magneto, I reason, but since his superpower is magnetism and electric charge, he'd be affected by that. That's another thing about Mr. Kermit. He isn't very helpful when one of his students is curious about something. 
The only other time there are questions is when Parker is trying to figure out what a word is. That turns into a kind of game in SCS8, figuring out what he says by Tremangly when the word is really metallurgy. Sometimes the whole class gets in on guessing. It's the only fun we have during the school day. It can get pretty loud when people start laughing at Parker. Mr. Kermit usually okay with it, unless Miss Fountain comes over to complain that we're disturbing her class. Then he chews us out. He doesn't get mad at us, but he can't stand it when she does. This one time, Barnstrom makes a big stink, pounding the desk with both crutches because the football team is holding its first pep rally and he isn't going to be there up with his players. It's not fair, man, he roars. Just because I'm injured doesn't mean I'm not a golden eagle. Mr. Kermit's curiosity is suddenly piqued. If you were in a pep rally, you'd have to leave now, right? You'd have to be somewhere else for the rest of the day? Barnstrom nods. The team gets the whole afternoon off to prepare for it, and I'm stuck here working. That might be pushing a little. I've seldom seen Barnstrom pick up a pencil. That sounds reasonable to me, Mr. Kermit agrees. It isn't your fault you got injured. Why should you have to suffer for it? I get the feeling that Mr. Kermit doesn't care much about justice for Bernstrom. What he really wants is to get his, this disturber of the peace out of the room, 117, before he puts one of those crutches through a wall. Miss Fountain would definitely notice that. So he goes to the intercom and demands to have Barnstrom included in the rally. He argues his way through three secretaries and an assistant principal. Then and he won't take no for an answer. We're blown away. It's a whole new side of our teacher none of us have seen before. He's actually fighting for one of us when we wouldn't have bet money that he barely even noticed that we were there. Put me through to Coach Slattery, Mr. Kerman insists. He's in class right now, comes the reply from the speaker. Well, get him out of class, our teacher retorts. Justice and fairness aren't just part of social studies curriculum, you know. They, they're the building blocks of an entire society. No one is more amazed that, than Barnstrom himself. That's what I'm talking about, he approves in a satisfied tone. By the time Mr. Kermit gets on with the athletic office, he's really worked up. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, he accuses Coach Slattery. You send these kids out there to be tackled and elbowed and hit with hockey sticks, and then when one of them gets injured, you abandon them? When the coach finally breaks down and says, Okay, whatever, send them down, our whole class breaks into applause. You were awesome, Mr. Kermit, Kiana exclaims. You should be in the Justice League, I add. He looks startled, as if he didn't realize that anybody was actually listening to him. He turns to Barnstrom. Well, off you go. Enjoy your... His voice trails off. Pep rally, I supply helpfully. Barnstrom is already thumping, swinging toward the door. Thanks, Mr. Kerbett. Throughout the afternoon, our teacher keeps looking at Barnstrom's empty desk and smiling. Another first for him. And at the end of the day, when we're called down to the pep rally, he smiles all the way to the auditorium. Even though our class is always terrible marching through the hallways, Aldo karate kicks lockers and Raheem strikes out water fountains so that they spray water, the seventh grader gives Elaine a hard time about blocking the stairs, but only until he refuses, realizes who he's talking to. 
better to be blocked on the stairs than to take a one-way trip down them or have a classroom door slammed on your head or any of those other things. Elaine does, d does to people who annoy her. The kid apologizes and gets out of there as fast as he can and slams the door into Parker, and they both end up blocking the stairs for real. Not even that spoils Mr. Kermit's mood. It's, it's a problem. He's much too happy to be Squidward now. Until we reach the auditorium, we're standing there waiting for our turn to file in when an ear-splitting honk goes off right behind us. Mr. Kermit practically hits the ceiling. He wheels around to see this kid with a bright green Vuvuzela, one of those noisemakers that took that look like a long plastic trumpet. And they're kind of the tradition for Golden Eagle sports because one of our school board members is from South Africa, where they were invented. Without a word, Mr. Kermit snatches the thing out of the kid's hand, throws it to the floor, and stomps it on a flat. The boy looks at him, quivering. But it's a pep rally. Who says pep rallies can't be quiet? The teacher, furious eyes fixed on the girl, who was holding up a purple one. Don't even think about it. Nervously, she whisks the instrument behind her back. Mr. Kermit nods. That's the spirit. Problem solved. He's Squidward again. When it comes to Vuvuzelas, he might even be Lex Luthor. At the pep rally, they make us sit in the back. Just in case we have to be kicked out, our class always sits in the back, even in the cafeteria. The teachers don't want us anywhere near the soda machine. They think giving us sugar is like sparkling water, sprinkling water on gremlins. I cheer when Backstrom is introduced. I've never known anybody on the team before. He waves a crutch in our direction, and a few of the other kids clap too. Then Raheem falls asleep. His head slumps over and conks the girl sitting next to him. We get kicked out, of course. Alright, that's the end of the chapter. Next one will be chapter 7, Kiana Rubini. Have a great day, Olympians.